right. Thanks, everybody, for joining me once again here on Aftershocks TV. And we got a great one for everybody today, as I'm pleased to have with me on this episode. We got guitar extraordinaire Mr. Mark Rizzo joining us. Mark, man, thanks for coming on. How are you doing, bro? Good, man. Thanks for having me, man. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, cool, man. Well, let's get right to it, Mark. Egregore, new single and video from your new project, Revenge Beast. Uh, everyone can purchase and listen to the track now on all MP3 and streaming platforms. Uh, first released uh, single from the band's upcoming self-titled debut, which is set to come out in mid-2023 on Upstate Records. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but I believe this officially marks the first in a new music that we've heard from you since you departed SoFi last year. So I guess we'll start things off by having you just, I guess, talk about the formation of Revenge Beast and, you know, how everything came to fruition uh, with this band. Yeah, so basically, um, the guys in Revenge Beast are my good buddies, Doug, Jay, and Brennan. Um, I had produced their their band, uh, Purgatory Earth, about maybe four years ago. They had asked me to produce one of their records, uh, okay. Baltimore. So I had driven down there and uh, spent about a week with them, produced their record, recorded it. It came out awesome. Um, and, you know, we've always remained friends. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic, man, when everybody was on lockdown, these guys were hitting me up, you know, asking me how I was doing, what was going on. Um, so we just came up with the idea of like, like, yo, why don't we just like try to record some stuff and, and, uh, and, and, and see what comes out of it. So we just started sending stuff back and forth to each other, um, from our studios. And, um, we started writing some music together and we were, and we were like, yo, this, this sounds heavy. This is, this is some pretty brutal, heavy old school death metal, man. So, um, mm -hmm. like, you know what, man, let's start a project. So we started releasing singles, um, you know, during, during COVID, um, and we were getting some really good feedback, man. Like really good feedback from everybody. Uh, so we were like, you know, what, man, let's 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 give it a name, man. Let's 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 start a whole new project up, um, and that's Revenge Beast, you know. And then and then Mario over at Upstate uh, wound up hearing it and offers the deal. So we're we're super excited to get this record out. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, with Revenge Beast, like you were saying, man, you definitely haven't put your foot on the brakes in terms of the heaviness that you were. You know, responsible for bringing the Soulfly over the years. In fact, hey, yeah, you've definitely, I think, upped it a notch here, because um, yeah, it really reminds me of that sort of mid '90s death metal sound, sort of like in the same vein of like Morbid Angels, Dominion. It's got that obviously the thrash and death blend, but it's also got that that groove metal vibe to it as well on a lot of the tracks, uh, especially in the song "I Am." It's really got that groove to it. Um, yep. And like I was saying, I mean, obviously, it's it's not it's pretty much you know very similar to what you did with Soulfly, but obviously more death metal centric. So I guess just talk about a little about the musical direction of it and, you know, of Revenge Beast and how you approached the songwriting process on this project differently than what you've done with Soulfly over the years. Uh, well, you know, basically I, I, you know, I had a lot to do with a lot of those records like Enslaved from Soulfly and, and the records I was part of. Um, mm -hmm. And so I basically was just like, I'm going to take that same vibe that I brought to Soulfly, that thrashy kind of more technical vibe because um, prior to me joining Soulfly, you know, it, it was still kind of more new metal-ish. Um, mm. So I kind of brought in that thrash vibe, that death metal vibe. I've always been a big fan of like old, early 90s death metal, Cannibal Corpse and Suffocation and Obituary, Deicide, Morbid. Um, so with Revenge Beast, that was definitely um, the idea, was to continue with the songwriting that people maybe know me for uh, from my past and and do it, but make it even more heavier. You know, we're, we're, we, there was no thought about doing anything light, uh, you know, we, we wanted everything to be just heavy riffs, breakdowns and technical riffs, a lot of solos. Um, and the one thing that's really exciting is working with, with our singer, Jay, man. Jay's got some really cool lyrics, um, which is something mm -hmm. you know, I'm really not a big 
fan of like what people are really saying, you know, but Jay's lyrics really uh, open up your mind and, and get you to think about a lot of really cool, interesting topics. Uh, so it's really cool, man. We got a great writing team. Everybody uh, is part of the writing process. You know, it's all four of us putting down ideas um, and it's a, it's a full band effort. So uh, I'm really excited for it.
people. Well, yeah, it's something you just talked about, and I'll just get the the soulfly questions out of the way. But you know, like you said, you know, you really were responsible for bringing that heaviness to Soulfly when they were still a new metal band. And I think, I think a lot of fans, I mean, a lot of fans do know that and understand that. But I also think a lot of there's a bunch of fans out there who maybe might have thought that was just Max maybe simply returning to his old form, like on the earlier Sepultura records. They might not have been aware of how really influential and responsible you were in changing the Soulfly sound at that time. I mean, so do you view Revenge Beast, you know, obviously not only as just an outlet to play the kind of metal that you enjoy doing, that you're really well at doing, but also as a way to show maybe some other people that, that weren't aware that, you know, you were essentially sort of the catalyst when it came to the creation of that new improved sound of the band back in around 2004 when you joined right before the Prophecy record. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's yeah. correct. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I definitely, I know people, you know, there's the people that like the older, more new metal stuff. Um, and that's cool, you know, if that's what people are into. Um, but I, I definitely did bring that thrash vibe, you know. I mean, when, when I first got the gig in 03, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't a fan of, of, like, the first two Soulfly records. I was always more into old-school Sepultura, Beneath the Remains and Arise and KSED. Uh, so I was always about getting it back to that sound, coming up with riffs, adding to the sound, and uh, and try to do things. You know, my, my favorite part of Sepultura was always Andreas's guitar playing. I mean, mm -hmm. in my opinion, he was, like, in the top five best thrash metal guitar players from back in the day. It was, like, Alex Skolnick. It was, it was uh, Andreas. It was, uh, you know... Who else? Rocky George from Suicidal Tendencies. Like, you know, these are all my favorite players. So when I had the opportunity to to do Soulfly, it was like, man, I, I want to bring it back to that sound. And and I definitely did. You know, I mean, I definitely pushed for it in the studio. Um, another another person that was a big part of that sound, too, was our old drummer, Joe Nunez. You know, when, when we first got into the rehearsal rooms and started working on music, um, you know, he another dude that was a huge fan of old death metal and thrash metal. So we would we would come up with all these riffs, these ideas. Um, you know, we definitely were the unsung heroes, you know, but like you said, the fans definitely recognize it. You would come to the shows and you would see what's up and, and see it live. So, sure. You know, that, you know, I never remember reading, you know, an interview some, so a while back that, that Max had done where he essentially stated what a lot of us already have known about you, that he praised you as being really a, a true guitar hero and that you were pretty much a hidden gem. And he, and he kind of liked it that way because he essentially was concerned that if people really knew how good of a player you were that he would pretty much probably lose you to a more high profile and established band. I mean, did you ever at any time, maybe during your tenure with Soulfly, think that maybe there were decisions being made so that people wouldn't really discover how essential you were to the band and how skilled you were overall as a guitar player at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got, I had, I had some, some pretty big opportunities that came my way um, mm -hmm. that I had the rug pulled out from underneath me, you know, and so oh, wow. From certain people that um, you know didn't want me to go off to to do other things, you know, um, mm -hmm. but it's all good, man. You know, listen, man, I'm a humble dude. I I'm uh, I live a very very cool, exciting life, man. You know, and I got an awesome guitar collection here, and mm -hmm. uh, I also am a a collector of, of fine coffees. So between my coffees and my guitar, you know, I'm pretty excited all day long. Nice, hell yeah, well, great. Well, let's let's move on. Let's get away from now. Let's move on to another band. Obviously, you're back with, and we're. We all initially discovered you from that's of course El Nino. Uh, you rejoined your old bandmates last year. I know you guys wrapped up playing a bunch of festivals over the past summer. And um, you know, last we heard, I knew there was going to be a new record that was supposed to be put out or will be put out pretty soon. It's been on hold, I know. But so I guess just talk a little bit about what's going on with El Nino at the moment and when we can maybe expect to hear some new music. Uh, yeah. So we we basically the the whole summer we we toured up out in Europe. We did all the big festivals. Uh, we went out did some some 
some support shows with Five Finger Death Punch. Um, we opened up for like Metallica at Hellfest, a um, bunch of shows. We, we did Bloodstock, we did a uh, Walking Festival. So we had a pretty busy uh, summer. Um, and the new record, hopefully it'll be out soon. I mean, I know we're, we're, we're just doing some finishing touches on it. Um, and I'm excited, man. You know, it's, it's a new era of the band. It's, it's all uh, a lot of new people. You know, the, the original people are Ari, Laspina, and myself. And now mm-hmm. we got Marcos Leal singing for the band, who is just incredible. And uh, Miggy and Sal and Danny's back on percussion. And uh, it's just a whole new vibe, man. And, and I'm really digging it. You know, the new music is, is definitely more metal. Uh, it's heavier. Um, the melodic stuff is like, I, I think a little more darker, you know? So, um, when I first heard the music, they originally had asked me just to do some, some solos on it, you know, mm-hmm. and again, we reconnected during COVID, you know, um, okay. but once that happened, you know, we started talking and, um, they asked me to come back and do some shows, some tours and, and, uh, the fans have been really seeming to be really into it. So, uh, I am too. So we're all yeah. forward with El Nino. Very cool, man. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt, you know, that, that, that 90s you know, metal nostalgia is kind of in full force at the moment. You know, I mean, the 80s, you know, had their period over the last 10, 15 years or so. But really, the 90s revival is kind of in full force. It's great to see. And, of course, you know, Il Nino was one of those 90s-induced bands um, who are doing just that. And I did see in an interview, like you just kind of basically brought it up right now, where you said that it is a very different band right now, and it's much heavier than before. So, I mean, are you doing maybe right now the same with Il Nino Similarly, what you kind of did when you joined Soulfly back in the day, which is to kind of bring that extra heaviness to the band that maybe was, you know, there's always been a heavier band, but like you said, it seems more darker and heavier. Is that something that you wanted to do as well when you uh, joined uh, El Nino again? Uh, well, I think the band was, was was already doing that. Even after I had left, it, it seems they were getting heavier and heavier. Uh, I think with all the new guys in the band, it's definitely that that direction is, is definitely heavier now. Um, mm-hmm. I came back in a lot of the record was all was already written so parts that i added to the record was just a lot more like solos uh melodies and and some more technical riffs here and there where i was able to do it um so the band was definitely looking to go into a heavier direction and i think i definitely added like a lot more uh busy riffs you know and 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 solos um which makes it more metal in my opinion
Well, then speaking to the nineties, I know when, you know, when El Nino, when you guys were taking off in the early two thousands, you guys are also in the forefront of the Latin metal movement at that time, you know, bands like yourselves, Puya, Ankla, you know, it was a bunch of bands that were really coming out that time uh, and bringing that really cool, unique sound to metal. Um, and, you know, the, um, what's cool, too, is a lot of different instrumentation that people weren't used to hearing mixed with metal. A lot of those different you know, elements just really just gave it such a fresh sound. And just with those Latin undertones is something that was really enjoyable. And you, of course, I know you, of course, incorporate all that into your solo material as well. So, I mean, how important really is it to you to really maintain those Latin elements within your sound and style when you're writing for I mean, any of your bands or projects? I mean, are you... Are you conscious of it and purposely add those elements when you're writing, or is it simply just part of your your musical DNA to do so, and thus it just kind of comes out naturally when you're writing songs? Yeah, I think it's natural because I I've always listened to a lot of like flamenco guitar, um, and I've always loved those kind of those like scales that they use in flamenco, the harmonic minor uh, mm -hmm. style. Uh, I've always written in that that kind of context, um, and yeah, it's natural to me. You know, I mean, I if you listen to like. If you're hanging with me one day, I'm listening to Paco de Lucia one minute, and the next minute I'm listening to Station. So it was always, um, I've always liked melding the two styles together. And I've, I've been doing that, you know, since I joined El Nino in like 97. You know, originally El Nino was was more of a New York hardcore band. Yeah. Latin um, vibe only as far as like percussion and, and some of the lyrics uh, in, in Spanish um and some of the rhythms but i i basically brought in that like acoustic vibe you know being like hey let's let's go into like a, a flamenco uh acoustic breakdown here and there and um it's just something that i've always really been into yeah I, and I, yeah, I remember listening to el nino uh a lot on on wsou they like you said right around 96 97 when it was more of a hardcore band um and yeah i mean those were those are that was, that was early, you know, you know, El Nino so, uh, stuff was really good, too, if people haven't checked that out. I mean, um, great stuff. But with Jorge from Marauder singing, you know, Jorge's a great mm -hmm. friend, awesome dude. And, um, you know, I've always been a big fan of Marauder. Um, so that a lot of that was the reason why I, I had joined El Nino in 97. I was like 20 years old, man. You know, and it was because I was a, I was a really big Marauder fan. And, and Dave Shavari was a propane. I was a huge propane fan. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that at that time, as much as I was into a lot of hardcore and I was in hardcore bands, thrash bands around my area, I was also studying uh, flamenco guitar and and, uh, and really wanted to incorporate it. And it was like the perfect band to be in to do that because they were already starting to do songs in Spanish and then also incorporate some Latin percussion to the music. <laughs> You know, I have to believe, Mark, that, you know, right now, you know, uh, in your career, I mean, you know, one of the best parts about being in a position you're in now with having, you know, several different outlets and off your music and having really just the freedom to simply do what you want to do is that you'll now have the time really to focus on, I think, promoting yourself as an all around, not just a riff master, obviously, but your virtuoso. Um, you are a guitar virtuoso. Anyone who's heard your solo stuff will, will know that. Because that's something I think that many, you know, a lot of people maybe in the middle world aren't really aware of, you know, is, is that you can do so much more than what you've just done on Soulfly 
But now you could kind of focus on that rather than obviously furthering and carrying on another artist's legacy, pretty much what you were essentially do in SoFly. You can now focus really on your own legacy. Is that something that you really want to focus on now that you have that freedom to do what you want to do and you no longer have to really, you know, have a spotlight where you're just kind of sharing it or you're on the sideline now? You can really further your own legacy instead of helping someone else further theirs like you did. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, it's it's time now for me to to get credit for all my songwriting and 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 what I bring to the table. Um, you know, COVID really opened up my eyes with that. You know, which just you know the, the band just did me dirty during during that era. Um, there's no other way of looking at it. You know, the facts are all there. Um, and you know, I'm like you know, now it's time for me to just focus first and foremost on my solo stuff because that's that's my thing. Um, you know, that's where I go into the studio and I write all my my own music from beginning to end. Um, and and so that that was definitely the first thing I was concentrating on, uh, just because that's the music I love. I love instrumental guitar music, uh, whether it's flamenco, jazz, or, or or metal. I'm really into instrumental guitar music. You know, mm. um, Benge Beast project, you know, came onto the table. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go forward with that. You know, and um, and El Nino and all these projects. You know, I'm part of the the the, the songwriting process, and 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 we all split that equally between revenge beast and el nino and then also uh you know like my solo stuff so uh yeah it was a conscious effort to to be like yo this is my time now to to move forward and and get the credit um, that i deserve so sure no absolutely you definitely deserve a lot of credit man you know and the other thing too is i'm sure you've had no you know no shortage of suitors you know like you mentioned before you've had opportunities to before to play with other uh, established artists but can you now after you're just going through what you you did for 18 years with soul i mean can you ever see yourself joining an already established band like that in the future considering your experience that you went through uh, with soul five for like i said almost two decades and also really being in a band that essentially is not necessarily yours can you see yourself doing that maybe again if the opportunity presents itself or you just you prefer really just to do like what you're doing now just have a few projects and, and focus mostly on your solo stuff uh yeah I, I really at this point at my age and, and and my home life i definitely do prefer just doing my own thing right now being on my own schedule you know that's the most important thing is is being able to make plans in my life you know like when i was in soulfly there, there was no making plans you you were on you were on the train and and you just went along for the ride and and, and that was your priority mm -hmm. um so now it, it's definitely great to have that freedom to to do whatever i want to do basically um uh, but if, if the opportunity arose of something something you know that I want to do that was like something really cool. Um, and we talked about it and sat down and, and talked about all the details. And yeah, absolutely. I would, I would do it if it was uh, something special. It meant something to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good, man. Well, now just getting back to Revenge Beast, you know, the first single, as we said, Egregore. Uh, so now what's the plan in terms of, you know, uh, maybe the estimated release date or for the record or is just, or any live shows you're going to do, I guess, just kind of give us an overall kind of, idea on what you guys are looking to do as a band uh to promote the record uh yeah so we're, we're gonna be dropping our first single for egregore i think like uh first week of december with the video that goes along to it um and then we're hoping to get this record out i'm gonna say now like come the new year maybe uh hopefully okay. February, maybe beginning of february um and yeah we're, we're definitely gonna do like a record release party um and we're, we're talking to a couple different booking agents and see if we could get on some tours um we're just gonna see what happens, you know. I mean, no, nobody, nobody really, I think, is is, uh, you know, we're not looking to just get on the road, you know, and 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 play in front of three people, you know. Uh, sure. Get on some big tours and and push the project, um, and see what happens, you know. I mean, we're we're all serious about it, but we just got to see what uh what what possibilities come up and what we could jump on and 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 what. Or, and 
make happen, you know, all the, the financial situation and how expensive gas is, you know, so we, we just got to see, uh, see what happens in the future. Sure, man. And with your solo stuff now, um, do you have anything that you're working on now in terms of new music or, or potentially going out there? I know you, you had done some shows uh, with over the last year or so. I know you did some shows uh, with your solo stuff. You, you still uh, have anything in the works with that going on right now? Or is it mostly you're focusing on Revenge Beast at the point? Uh, yeah, I'm always doing my solo stuff. Um, I'm, I'm trying to finish my new solo record. It takes time because it's, it's very intricate stuff, so it takes a little longer to, to record uh, my solo stuff. But actually... I mean, that's the reason why my solo project is is probably my main project, really, is because it's so much more affordable um, for me to get out on the road and, and make it happen. Because it's just me by myself a lot of times. Uh, and I just play to a backing track, you know, and sometimes it sounds like, oh, it's boring. It's one guy up there on stage. But, you know, after people see my show and they see the vibe I bring out there, I, I think it goes over really good. Um, I'm a fan of other instrumental guitar players, guys like Michelangelo Badio does it like mm -hmm. this. Uh, I've seen Paul Gilbert do it like this before. Uh, so being that it's just me out there on the road, you know, it's one one ticket to fly out, you know, one hotel room. Uh, it's just a lot more affordable for for promoters to book me. Um, so, yeah, I'm always doing my week. Like for instance, I, did, um, I played out in uh, Montana two weekends ago, and I did four shows out there, and I had a great wow. time. Um, and I'm hoping to get some more gigs coming up. You know, I'm talking to a new booking agent now also. And uh, hopefully come the new year, I'm going to be booked solid doing my solo thing. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, too, with this, you know, just the the uh, audience for, you know, for people that like really enjoy the, you know, the instrumental stuff. You know, it's uh, and that was something, obviously, that was really big in, in the 80s and 90s when you had guys like Satriani and so forth that were really um you know out there and, and bringing a lot of just you know regular i guess music fans in general whether you're into rock or not into you know just to, to really be included into that sort of scene and, and that audience i mean how how is that now compared to, i mean you've been doing that for quite some time do you see those audiences maybe you know getting better are people really i guess embracing that more because you know there's a lot of purists in metal or just music in general that are you know if they don't see a band with a singer they're just not really into it are you seeing a lot of people that are starting to gravitate towards that more so? I mean, obviously, I'm sure a lot of the Soulfly fans and just fans of yours over the years with El Nino and any of your projects are, are showing up. But are, are you getting, like, is there a good, I guess, response in terms of not just, you know, people coming to the shows, but also buying new music as well? I mean, is it is it pretty, you know, doing pretty well right now, that kind of scene? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I know guitar scene is, is probably bigger now. You know, than, than I think it ever was really, believe it or not, with bands like mm -hmm. Leaders and there's that new band Polyphia. Um, people, there's there's definitely that fan base out there that that loves instrumental guitar and you know it's a lot of mu musicians that that come out to the gigs. Um, and it's a lot more of you know people just sitting around you know watching every note you play. You know, <laughs> different for me. You know, um, but yeah, there's a scene for it, man. You know, and and um, and I love it. You know, like I said, I've always loved instrumental music. Uh, the thing with what I do is I try to make it with a lot, a lot of heavy riffs going on, a lot of breakdowns in, in my instrumental music. Um, so I think even people that aren't into instrumental guitar still would get into to my show because it's still a heavy show. Um, I, I put cover songs in, you know, from 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 past bands I was in, um, and it's crazy because a lot of times it, it's it seems like a like a guitar clinic because it's just me up there by myself. But usually a pit will break out, people are slam dancing, you know, um, and it's a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
Yeah, no, fantastic, man. Well, everyone, go ahead and check out Mark when he's on the road. In the meantime, also, you can go ahead and check out Egregore, the new single from Revenge Beast. It's coming out on Upstate Records. The song's out now on Upstate Records. Look forward to the record in mid-2023. Mark, where should we send the uh, viewers and listeners to so they can purchase Egregore and just keep up with the band and the news, you know, just with the band and, of course, with your solo stuff and everything you got going on in general? Uh, yeah, so we have we have all the Revenge Beast uh instagram facebook uh i think we yeah we have a youtube channel um you can get over to the upstate page they got all our info and links too and also they could just follow me also on my youtube channel my instagram my facebook i'm constantly putting links up uh to all the revenge beast uh things that are going on fantastic all right once again revenge beast a new single egregore out now and mark man thanks so much for uh, coming on aftershocks we appreciate it man and yeah look forward to seeing you on the road pretty soon yeah, man. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it.